morning, CSUN students. Today is Friday, March 25th, the last weekday of our spring break. I hope all of you had a great break and are ready to get back into school. I am here to introduce to you one of my many mentors I have this season. And the way I met her is by applying to the 2022 Next Gen Leaders Program. A little background about the scholarship and what it entails. The Next Gen Leaders are matched one-on-one -on -one with mentors from disability in corporate partners across all industries like Google, JP Morgan, Chase, Microsoft, Boeing, and Pfizer. The opportunities for next-gen leaders is to connect virtually with a corporate mentor twice a month for six months, network with Fortune 1000 companies, and gain valuable insights in their selection process. Participate in monthly webinars focused on a variety of topics, including disability disclosure, accommodations, and interviewing. Ideate technology solutions with a team during an innovation lab. The next-gen leader initiatives are committed to increasing opportunities for individuals who represent all segments of diversity, POC, women, veterans, and members of the LGBTQIA community with disabilities are especially encouraged to apply. I applied last year and was not selected, so I applied again this year this time selecting different firms and have more experience on my resume, which is why I believe I was chosen. So before we have our lovely guest speaker, a little history on me for the audience to relate to and understand, because I addressed briefly in another podcast but didn't really get into it that much, is that biologically I have a grandmother who is incredibly emotional. And growing up, I feel like I have had the same biological symptoms as her um, and especially during my college years learning and growing you know expanding my intellect I found myself to be incredibly emotional to the point that I needed help controlling those emotions as an example of how emotional I was when I first interviewed for a high-level job during college with a corporate company that has been around for over a hundred years I literally cried in my first interview now these tears weren't like sad tears a lot of the times so they were just positive tears like emotional tears of how much beauty I would see in the circumstance or in people things like that um, and so of course I did not get chosen for that particular internship and I was okay with that because it was literally my first one and I knew that during that I need during that conversation with my I needed help and so we talked about it with my therapist. And the nature of my disability is that I have excessive worry, difficult controlling worry, difficulty concentrating and maintaining focus, restlessness, irritability, and sleep inconsistency, which according to my therapist meets criteria for a generalized anxiety disorder. Now, I do consider myself to be smart and do my best to communicate well. However, a lot of the higher educational material can be challenging for me to understand, especially when the atmosphere is fast paced. As a matter of fact, my mom sometimes tells me that I am really slow. Um, but what I love about speaking to this mentor is that when I told her that, she's like, no, we just learn differently. And I loved that perspective because that is the truth. I'm not slow, I just need different tools to learn. And so one recent challenge um, currently in this actually this current spring semester is that um, although I don't look like I have a disability um, recently I had a challenge that a professor told me I was recording in her lecture and my professor literally told me in front of the class like despite having my accommodations by the way she told me that I'm not allowed to record in her class and so I waited after class to speak with the professor and she told me that Basically, I don't look disabled. Um, so it was hard for her to believe that I have a disability. And obviously, like, this is something that's really private, right? You're not going to be walking around with a sign telling everyone, you know, this is something that's really private. You don't want to share. And she got noticed in her email regarding my accommodation. So I was kind of upset already about her demeanor. And I explained to her that although I do not look like it, I have undergone the proper measures to get the accommodations for me to succeed in class. 
I further explained that I have um, a hard time learning, you know, complex material that I've never heard of before. And as a matter of fact, I think I've read in the past, like if you hear it once, especially when it's live, you don't retain as much. But if you write it down, you're going to retain more. My problem is like, how can I write it down when by the time I'm writing the first sentence of capture, of I'm capturing that moment, she's moving on to the next. So that's obviously a challenge, right? People don't understand that. So anyway, I didn't feel very comfortable. I remember, you know, feeling sad about it because she made me feel bad. And I called the disability office and explained the situation. They helped me. And it was obvious that the professor never took the time to look at my accommodations in the first place. And of course, this whole situation can lead to feelings of inadequacy or incompetence. And I recognize that with the correct accommodations and support, everyone, including people with disabilities, can thrive. And this is why this we're doing this podcast today. It's incredibly important for me to be a voice, not only for myself, but also an example rather than being ashamed or allowing individuals with better professional status to put us down um, is really the goal here is to let people know that there is support. Um, I didn't even know I had this disability until I spoke to a professor and he guided me to, there's a disability service center at usually at a community college and at a university. Now, had I not spoken to the professor about my struggles, they would, I'm so happy that he led me there. All right, enough about me. Um, I'm going to introduce our lovely, talented, professional guest speaker who has 20 years of experience working for a Fortune 500 company that was founded in the 1900s. And while we're not here to talk about the company per se, we're here to talk about her resilience and to share her shared experience and wisdom with our audience as she has done for me. Her journey is one to be inspired by and learn from. Welcome Jennifer Brunson to the podcast for students in education. Good morning. Thanks for having me, Diana. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I know that it's not easy to kind of open up to an audience, but I really do appreciate this. Um, and I want to start off the conversation with, by you telling us a little bit about you, you know, your childhood background, where did you grow up? Did you have any siblings? What was your life growing up and where did you grow up? Sure. So um, I'm born and raised in Inglewood, California, um, and that's part of my persona that I absolutely love and privileged to be. Um, and so I was born and raised there. Um, I do have um, a sister, uh, an older sister um, in my family, and we're like the, and then the rest of us um, are mostly living in Mississippi, that's where most of my relatives are. But um, my sister-in-law with my parents and my grandmother and my uncle, we all um, live in the um, Los Angeles area. And so um, so I had a very, you know, like really good childhood overall. I had, you know, very supportive, you know, hardworking parents who did, you know, the best they could, you know, in regards to, you know, raising um, one, you know, both of us. Um, my um, elementary school was uh, private um, and my high school was private as well. And so um, I think one of the things that I got a really saw a passion for, especially around my junior or senior year, was about really about IT and math and um, you know computer science and so one of the things I was trying to do as I was um, you know getting ready for college is try to have the, the best um, school or college that I wanted to you know to be able to attend but have uh, really a emphasis on IT or, or math or, or things of like that nature and so so um, I was fortunate to go to, um, you know, Cal State LA. And so, um, you know, I'm part of the overall, you know, uh, you know, California State, you know, University family, which I'm very proud of. And um, I started my journey um, in customer service, I'm studying um, computer science. And but one of the things I um, realized when I, you know, started my um, program is that um, I was more about the kind of the software portion of it versus like the hardware portions of it. So I changed my major to information systems 
um, you know, about starting in my second year at Cal State LA, and I was very fortunate to have a um, a bachelor's degree in information systems um, for Cal State LA. Um, and then I recall, um, you know, the the Saturday, you know, when I graduated, you know, I kind of, you know, when I went across the, you know, the, the stage and got my um, degree, I was like, I'm, I'm ready. And literally, um, I was fortunate enough to kind of start in my the job that I have now, really about three or four days after that. And so um, I was really, really excited because it was this, you know, new opportunity. Um, my sister had already been with, with the company for over four, five years already. And so I know it was a great place to work. And so, um, you know, I was very fortunate to be a part of that family. And I started really from the bottom up. Um, you know, by the time I graduated college, I was about 2000. 2002 and so during that time in order to get a you know find a job um it's not really as easy as it is now for, for people um uh, i had to kind of do it like the old school way of you know you know sending out resumes and actually go in person to folks and you know see you're hiring you know can i drop off my you know my resume and those kind of things and and so you know, it was very challenging at the beginning, but um, luckily there was, um, you know, some openings um, at, you know, at my current company, and that kind of really helped me, um, you know, feel comfortable about being, you know, joining the, the company, and especially what happened my sister there as well, um, really helped. But the good thing that I had in regards to, you know, how my relate my experience started is that. Um, you know, they don't really, you know, when you first, um, you know, start in a company, and especially if you have, you know, relatives in the company, you say, you know, hi, I'm Jennifer, you know, I'm so-and-so sisters, you know, or something like that. And um, because you kind of want to get that kind of like, oh, okay, she must be a good person because, or a good employee because she she knows, you know, you know, her sister and her ethic and then those things. But one of the things I was really tried to do and make it a point and make sure that people knew that I was my own person. And because, um, you know, my sister and I, we really took different paths as in regards to our careers and those kind of things. And so, um, and so I really made a point to, when I first started in the company, to really let, learn everything about the company, even though I was in the entry level um, position. Um, kind of when you when you're in like a call center environment, one of the benefits is that you can really learn every aspect of the company just being in that environment. There's no really um, area of expertise um, that where you can have that knowledge, you know, really in one spot. And so, so you know, because of that, really that yearning to learn, I really tried to get opportunities whenever I was able to get those. And so I got opportunities of being um, in our, um, you know, our communication pool and um, our staffing pools and things like that. Those are really just kind of like maybe like three to six month kind of, you know, kind of almost like a, a temporary kind of assignment where you, get, you know, you have the opportunity to do, do different things and, and interact with different people. And um, I think that when I got that opportunity to do the communication pool, um, that was probably really where my passion of communication and engagement really started, was doing those kind of things. It gave me an opportunity to really write um, um, communications, not just for you know employees but also you know our executives as well and it also gave us the you know opportunity to um you know updating and develop like videos and, and you know different medias um in order to kind of really drive that engagement and so i did that for for three years and then i moved to um another location where it was really field based um and so in the you know in the past especially where i was um my first job was really primarily female. Um, and so, but when I went to this new area, it was really about, it was really all male. And so 
I really had to, you know, make a point for, um, you know, these men to make sure that they took me seriously um, and make sure that, you know, when I do interact with them, I'm, you know, really professional, I'm really respectful, but, you know, but I want to make sure that they know that, you know, I'm also, I need to be respected as well. And so I don't want to really, you know, I don't really tolerate, you know, those kind of things or some of those, you know, kind of sexist comments, you know, you're, you're a girl, you wear heels, why are you here? And I'm just like, um, you really don't know who I am. And so I'm really one of those heels to sneakers kind of people, you know, people where I can, you know, you know, kind of work the environment that I'm in and really, you know, take advantage of that. And so um, from that location, I just, I went to um, another location and there I was able to get a manager who was really open in regards to all the different ideas that I had. Um, and during this time, this is where my um, MBA um, started. So I got an MBA from technology management um, that really kind of captures the overall, the IT things that I still are interested in, but maybe not as, as passionate as I was before, but also the business part of it. And so um, I noticed there was a gap, a communication gap with our, you know, our um, field folks. And so I created a short, you know, one pager, you know, front and back newsletter that was done in like publisher. So it was really like really, really old school. So, um, but they really enjoyed it because they were able to see all the different things that were occurring in the organization. And it was something that we really didn't have before. And so, um, you know, I was very fortunate to do that. And so, um, you know, I took that experience and I tried to do, you know, more and try to do different things, you know, now, now we have this newsletter and what can we do now? And I'm just like, well, we do have a, you know, internal kind of website that needed work at the time. And so I would, my manager would say, I would say, can we work on this? And he goes, well, I have no idea what any of this means, but go for it. If you need any help, just let me know. And <laughs> and he was always candid about that. And I really helped that, that I had that kind of support from him. And so, um, so we were able to kind of revise the internal portal sections and um, those kind of things and um, really integrate some of those, you know, new tools that kind of started in the, the you know, early 2010s, like, you know, videos and those kind of things. And so, so I was very fortunate to have, you know, that kind of opportunity. And because of that, I was able to start, um, you know, being a part of different initiatives and different teams and, and those kind of things. And it really allowed me to um, you know, barred my um, experience and really learn and network with others. And so, um, so I was very fortunate for the past, um, up to the 15 years that I was at the company that I had a, you know, great support system, a great um, support of my leadership team. Um, I, you know, I built a, an amazing reputation um, and I was, was able to really thrive, with, you know, with that. And I literally was one of those people who really loved their job that I, to the point that I didn't really take a whole lot of vacation. But, um, and so, um, and I think one of it, it could be one of the reasons why, because I don't have any, you know, you know, uh, a spouse or our children. And so because of that, um, I try to, um, you know, I don't want to, I don't want people to know that you can just run over me because I don't have any, you know, any family outside of work, but I still want to make sure I want to include that work-life balance. And so for the past, you know, those, up to those 15 years, um, you know, it was amazing. And, you know, I'm still, you know, you know, privileged and honored to still be, you know, you know, working at the company. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. You said a lot of things and I want to highlight a few. Um, you know, so you went, you talked about, you know, your initial Cal State LA going into computer science and then you went into software 
uh, I'm sorry, the soft, yeah, the software uh, component. And in, and then in, that means information systems. Do you mind telling us a little bit, like myself, I don't really know much about tech. Um, can you tell us the difference between like the software and maybe the hardware of the computer science um, and what's the difference? Well, I think probably the simplest um, version of it that I got um, is like from the hardware is like they're working on putting, you know, building something together. And then once the, you know, equipment is done, they transition to the, you know, information system person who goes and do something with the hardware. So it's almost like the hardware is really, you know, how we build, you know, the components and those kind of things. And then for the information systems, you know, what we use, you know, how we use it. So it's kind of, it's kind of like the easiest kind of comparison between the two. Okay, got it. I, I did have an idea about the hardware, but the software, I was just more like the app, like the application, right? Like the, let's say Microsoft Word, things like that. That would be the software. Yeah, it's, you know, like it's kind of like, you know, coding and, you know, like, like Visual Basic and C++ and all of those different things. Those were kind of the things that I was working on, you know, when I was in college. Um, and so, and the good thing now is that some of these things are really, you know, easier to use. Um, but at the same time, you know, every once in a while, I still have to do a little bit of coding, maybe not as much. Um, it, you know, I try to, you know, keep that knowledge at some point, you know, because um, it's still good knowledge to have. Yeah, exactly. So you mentioned um, how, you know, you started uh, three to four days after, right? You graduated, you have your sister. I love what you said about having a family member within the same company, but yet I, making sure that people knew that you were your own identity, you were your own personality. You obviously worked in different um, academic fields. So there was a definitely distinction. And, you know, I agree with you on that because when I remember being in high school with my brother, um, they would always say, oh, you're Johnny's little sister. It's like, no, I'm Diana. Like, what if right. like, he's my brother? You know what I mean? So I get it. I get it. Right. Um, so anyway, I wanted you mentioned about how you started from the bottom up and you gave a lot of great insight on that because as I did the this summer internship, this past summer, I did an internship with this high level Fortune 200 company. And you, uh, one of the CEOs said he, he started where I started, which is in sales. It's all the way at the bottom. But I love that you said that you had a yearning to learn and that you, and I love that you said that although you were in the cost system, there wasn't a specific um, expertise and therefore you were able to kind of get a little bit of everything. And then from there, you were able to notice these opportunities that would come in. And that's how you kind of leveled up, if you will. You basically applied. There were um, pathways that were temporary. However, you got to meet different people and you got to show a little bit about like your work and, and what you're interested in. And so within these staffing pools is how you kind of um, started moving within the company because obviously like your company is an enterprise there's a ton of different departments right they're all over the world I'm sure are the states and same with my this internship company that I'm looking forward to working with so it gives me an idea of kind of how to navigate a big enterprise so really great there um, now this is kind of important you spoke about um, the male female dynamic and I love what you said about you can go from heels to sneakers you know what I mean and um, yeah. you made it a point as a woman that you just to be respected and for you to be professional and obviously to do the same with them um, is was there any time any time in your career where maybe that duality between male female um, any challenges that you had you know, within the workplace? And if so, how did you handle that? Because I think that, you know, we're always going to have barriers in our work. So I'm just curious to know right. if within that duality, we had a barrier. And I would love to maybe get some insight on your perspective and experience in that. Sure. I think one of the key, you know, takeaways is really knowing your audience, you know, when you're there. And so um, there's one example where, um, I was, you know, scheduling a meeting and I was getting ready for the meeting to start. And then when I let get into the conference room, there was a meeting already, you know, in place. And so 
I just said, okay, um, you know, I'll wait until you guys are finished. But my, you know, you know, my start time was happening. And so I went in again. I was like, um, are you about to, you know, you know, finish up? They're like, yeah, 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 we're, we're about to do that. And I said, okay. But 15 minutes after the meeting was supposed to start, I was like, okay, now I really have to go in and really let them know that, you know, my time is already supposed to be at this time. You guys are already over. Um, we need, you guys need to relocate to somebody, you know, another, um, you know, area. And ironically, it was a, um, a, a black man who said, well, you know, we still need to be here too, or we were already here. And I noticed that, you know, uh, a, a black man said, you know, we don't want any trouble. And um, I guess I've been, you know, sometimes I've been tend to be sometimes intimidated or being intimidating by folks sometimes and so because what for me it was very important again to be you know be or you know assertive but also respectful at it and so you know if I already you know said you know a couple times like okay we're you know we're running late we need to start our meeting because you so you guys just need to either end your meeting or do something but luckily the other gentleman said we're just gonna you know you know relocate somewhere else in the building and so um you know i appreciate that but it's, it's interesting to say that the it's interesting to see how the you know the person that we wanted to you know didn't have you know wanted to start trouble was the black man i was just like wow i was like okay um you know you would think that um you know, he would be more respectful um, in regards to, you know, my circumstance. Um, but, you know, but, you know, it kind of shows that, you know, you can't really rely on just because you both look the same doesn't mean you're going to have, you know, act the same way. And so, um, but that's what was a little bit of an eye opener for me. And so whenever I had those other instances before, uh, I mean, after that, and I didn't have a whole lot, but, um, you know, it was very important just for me to kind of you know stand my ground and just make sure that I did it in a sort of a you know respectful way and that's something I've always had to do in my life you know you know up until now is that um you know my my parents especially my father always said that you need to be assertive you need to stay around you need to be fearless but you can do it in a respectful professional way in order to get it you know what you need to get done and so always you know take hours take that with me yeah you know that's you bring up a good point now i want to talk a little bit more about that assertiveness and being respectful because i'm young and i don't have a lot of obviously work experience but with the involvement that i have with my schooling i've been kind of categorized as aggressive but it's not that i'm aggressive it's just i, have, I like to get things done i have a passion for um you know being timely and you know just high level stuff so my question to you is like how can i i think tone has a lot to do with it but sometimes like i'm just passionate i may be speaking at a higher tone rate than than someone sought so how can you like as for myself as I'm speaking be in a balance between assertive and professional what I've learned from those experiences is kind of letting people know my personality and who I am ahead of time before I'm addressing someone because I know that there's leaders that speak very, you know, calm. I, I honestly can't, even though I'm trying, right? I'm, it's not, it's not in me. So how can I be assertive professionally but not come across as being aggressive is my question. I think yeah you make a good point and you just said it is really sometimes it's about your tone um you know when i've gotten another you know positions or another um opportunities um you know normally the person i be you know that hired me kind of already knows who i am and how i work um and the especially when we you know if they're going through the interview, in the interview process normally they usually you know go to the other either you know, previous managers or leaders to get, you know, some kind of instant on the way that the employee works. And so you kind of have, they should have a preview of who you are as a person and how you work. Um, but you, at the same time, you want to make sure that they know, you know, reasons 
you know, a reason why we do it, you know, this way. You know, I'm kind of the same as, as you in the sense that I want to make sure the work is done, is done, not, uh, it's not done. We want to make sure it's done right first before, you know, being, um, you know, perfect because if we do it quickly, that's how the mistakes happen. And so, um, you know, when those kind of searches happen, I really try to let them know that we want to do it this way because we want to make sure there's no mistakes. Because if we do something at the last minute, we may affect not just us as employees, but uh, especially for you know a leader or an executive when we make mistakes because we're trying to do things very quickly and so because of that I try to make sure that you know I, re- I do you know I do things in a way to make sure that it's accurate versus being like fast and so that's kind of my overall philosophy for that. Yeah, I love that. The progress before perfection. You said doing things right the first time, um, you know, because there, then there's going to be chances of mistake. My mom always told me, you know, the people that are that don't do, do things right the right way the first time, you're going to work double. You're going to have to re- go back and redo it. So that's something that I've always taken from my mom. Um, give me a second. My dog is barking and I don't want it to interrupt me. Can you hear him or no? No worries. Yeah, but it's all good. It's all good, right? Yeah, but he's going to keep going like that's his little personality he probably wants to play um so give me a second audience one second okay sorry y'all so um we lost uh jennifer but she came back and basically gave us some good feedback on how to be assertive but yet professional and it really is about communication and tone which i i need to work on still (laughs) i still need to work on Um, yeah Especially me because born and raised in Inglewood, some night, some sometimes that Inglewood thing comes in a little bit. <laughs> so, um, and so sometimes if you know if folks, especially you know, um, you know, have like that aggressiveness toward themselves, to me, that aggression can come very you know very you know quick. And so I just have to keep myself together and just make sure, you know, my tone is there and just making sure that this is a you know, professional environment. There's no, there's nothing personal. Um, and just make sure you just keep calm, you know, um, when you're, um, because there, there's a way to get your point across, um, but not, you know, having to like, you know, do an, uh, a neck roll or something like that. And so, so that's something that I always, I always have to continue to remind myself um and so but you know as you get you know more into the workplace especially in the corporate environment you'll be able to kind of you know really navigate your tone and you know your emotions and doing the different meetings that you have so yeah you know i agree with you on that i also think that like it's going it might happen right because we have our personalities but right but i think i love what you said you just got to keep that in mind if like for myself i constantly need to keep that in mind um and then also you know one of the things that i love that someone told me was that listen as a, as a company and as employees we are here to not to cause trouble like that man said or we actually are here to help right and support right but sometimes we don't i think it's the communication is key i think like you said if i explain to them 
where my struggles are or just be candid and authentic. I think people are willing, not everyone, because you are going to have a few little bad apples. That's just the truth, right? Um, right. But for the majority of the time, you are going to have those people that are willing to put their character and personality aside and really do it for the highest of the company because that's really why we're there we're all a team right we're trying to you know work for the same company the same team and and progress it together so i mean i think having that viewpoint going in that will help me um navigate um and also being kind to myself because i am maybe learning this skill right because it is a skill like you said you have to be mindful it does take a lot of energy um but definitely practicing that um, and hopefully, you know, having people that will understand me within that process of development. And I'm sure, I'm sure I will. Um, so thank you so much for those tips. Those were great. Uh, let's see. You also mentioned, okay, this is a question I have for you because we've talked about how during when you were working with a manager, this is the time that you kind of went into your MBA. Now I wanted to ask you because when I was, I'm obviously I have my bachelor bachelor, I'm attaining my bachelor's, but when I did my summer internship, I realized that I don't have a lot of business acumen and I was thinking, okay, maybe I should get into like a master's program within business, right? And I was told that you got to be careful. I've been hearing a lot of different perspectives. Let me share with you. One of them is like, you got to be careful not to have too much, uh, you know, um, uh, like too much education because that can also hurt you. That was one. I've heard about like, well, why don't you just start the job first and then from there you can see what master programs you want to do. Um, that was two. And then the third one is like, well, what if I just do it myself, like find something that I'm interested in, and then from there I can, um, you know, expand on my, on my job and my work. And, um, so I don't know what, what's your take on the MBA while working with corporate? Do you think I should like right now I'm a student, should I, I, I feel like I should just continue because I don't know if I can do work and family and MBA. So I know everyone's different, but I have, I am hearing different kind of perspectives. What's your take? I think there is really about your work-life balance and what's happening, you know, what's going on, you know, in your life and how we're how will it affect, you know, if you're going to do additional education? And so, um, because I took a about a, a three-year, you know, highs between when I got my my bachelor's degree and when I started my MBA um, degree. And so, um, it's really about timing um, because I know that you know when I got if I was still doing the call center um, thing it would be hard for me to do um, an MBA um, program because of the way the fast pace and different things can change in regards to that kind of environment. But when I was able to, you know, get another position and kind of have more flexible, you know, accommodations, you know, with the support of my, my management team at the time, it was easier for me to, I was okay to go back and, you know, start my education again. And so, um, it's really, it really depends on where you are in regards to your life. Um, you know, because like say you have like you know, have a daughter, or you're trying to you know finish you know your degree, and you know if you want to go, keep going, I mean you can, but it really depends on um, where you want to be um, in life. Because there's some some of my friends that got their degrees and they kept just kept going, um, but you know for me that wasn't really something I wanted to do. You know if I wanted to. You know, I didn't really want to leave. At that time, I didn't want to continue just going to school all day, every day, all the time, and then have a life, you know. You also have to keep in mind that work-life balance is there um, because you don't want to, you know, constantly be, you know, in classes and studying and, and doing these all things and not even enjoying your, your life, you know, your, your 20s. It's like, you know, you have to have a, a balance between the two, but... I guess the, sh the short answer would be it really depends on what's going on in your life and you know and once you kind of see you know can I can I add this on will it be really so you know disruptive in your life if it's not then I would say you know go for it but it, I think it's just really about your timing which is you know different for everybody so. 
I love that. That is so true. I still have to figure it out for myself. And I think we all have to, right. if you're thinking and considering that you have to figure out what you want to do. Let's switch gears here. I want to talk to you. Um, I want us, I want you to tell us a little bit about your story and what happened to you in regards to your health that has caused a big shift in the way you were able to work. You know, I don't think we talked about it. Our audience doesn't know. And I think that's really important for our audience to know because, you know, things can change. Things can change. You start off really strong and healthy and capable and all this stuff. And then, you know, life happens unexpectedly, kind of like what happened to you. And now you have to, um, you know, navigate that. Do you mind sharing with us a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So um, when I say, you know, you know, the first 15 years, you know, of my career, you know, at that time I had, um, you know, a stellar performance rating reviews and, you know, like I said, great reputation with my leadership team. And I was really, really excited to have this new position and this new challenge. Um, and, and literally, I think it was 12 weeks into the job, I suffered two mild strokes. Um, and so it literally, you know, turned my life upside down. And so, um, because there was, there's little things that, you know, you couldn't do anymore that you thought was really, you know, is easy. And so I think, you know, thinking back on it, one of the things that I didn't do um, was really, I was, you know, like I said, I loved my job, and so I didn't do a whole lot of vacations, so I was constantly working. And so, um, you know, I was, I was volunteering for different things. And so I think, um, you know, I think those that's 15 years of kind of experience and like constantly working, just kind of just took its toll on me. And so my, my body was like, okay, if you're not gonna take a vacation, we're gonna do the best. And I'm just like, oh, okay. And so, um, but having a stroke, um, it doesn't really, it doesn't mean that your life is over. It's just that you have to do things um, different ways. And so the time I was off, um, work, which was that uh, kind of like three months or so, um, I realized that I did have um, a small, um, some aphasia, which is really about, you know, you, you know what you're, you know, you, you know, you want to, you know, the things that you want to say, but it doesn't really come, you know, come out that way. And so it, it made me very, it was very difficult for me to just communicate, you know, especially when I first got back into the office and I was trying to, you know, do stab meetings and those kind of things. And when I was trying to just get my words across, it would just come out completely jumbled. And um, and so that was really very, very hard for me, especially at the beginning, because, you know, you don't, I didn't want to feel that my 15 year reputation was completely destroyed because of what happened to me. And I want to make sure that folks understand that, you know, when it comes to um, something like aphasia, which is, you know, kind of those um, kind of, you know, some of the things that happen when you have a stroke is that, you know, your intelligence doesn't go away. It just says that you have to, it just comes out differently. And so, you know, you just have to be patient but you also have to be patient with yourself as well. And so um, I think one of the things that I struggled, especially when I came back to the office was that, you know, I was not able to do things as quickly as I was able to do before. And it was, that was really heartbreaking for someone like me, because I was always the one who I was on, on top of things. I was always having, you know, everything was organized and I was on point and all that kind of stuff. How did that went away, you know, you know, just in a few months. And so it really took, um, you know, or I still, I still work on it in regards to not only, um, you know, my communication skills, but also, you know, I still have trouble, you know, writing and, and those kind of things. And, you know, I remember when I first started back to the office, someone asked me to put something on the board and I tried to do it and I couldn't and I have a, I had a complete collapse in the bathroom and so um 
So those, you know, that was one of the things that was really, you know, hard for me. But luckily, I did have um, a few, you know, friends and at, at work that were very supportive and could, you know, could help me, um, especially when it came to, um, you know, navigating um, my work. And so, um, you know, you fast forward to where I am now. Um, I just have to do, you know, because my job really is more like a project manager job. And when you're in that kind of job, you have to make sure that you have to keep everything organized to make sure there's no deadlines and those kinds of things. And so you have to do things a different way in order to do your job, you know, well. And so, um, so that's one of the things, um, you know, I, I try to remember, you know, or, or, you know, kind of give advice to folks, you know, have, you know, they're having issues, especially when they come back um, to the office, but they want to make sure that um, when you do come back to the office, you know, have a kind of a discussion with your, your manager, especially at the beginning, and let them know what's happening, and, um, and you know, and, you know, how they can support you, and there's an instance where they're not really um, supporting you, I, you know, we have to call, call. We have to call them out on that, and so we just say, I, you know, I'm not really feeling supportive right now. Um, you know, I can't do my job this way. I have to do it my way in order to be successful. And at the end, that's the, well, we hope that at the end of the day, that's kind of what we all want is that we, we all want to be successful. And so we just have to do um, things a little bit different in order to, um, you know, you know feel valued as, as an employee and, and begins like, you know, just because you have some, just like if you get injured anywhere else, um, you know, but, you know, you're lucky enough to still be there, but you may have to make, do things a certain way, um, you know, to, you know, kind of navigate through life. And so that's kind of, you know, what I do, you know, every wow. day. <laughs> Oh my gosh well you said a lot of things you know it reminded me of like my mom my mom same like you worked 20 years within a company um would rarely take off like i would literally jennifer have to go visit her at work to spend some quality time um oh, wow. yeah so it was that bad she was very dedicated you know obviously it's a different generation i don't know if <laughs> And I'm laughing about this, but I don't know if the millennials are going to put up with that, like work, 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 you know, (laughs) but it is a different generation. Um, But I love what you said, because I think it is important. Um, Work can be stressful. I mean, I remember this summer internship, I was working 40 hours a week for 10 weeks. Jennifer, like I would, I wouldn't be sleeping sometimes. I, I literally, I did. I put work in front of my daughter at times because it was that intense and it drains you it really does so you're right about your body telling you hey either you're gonna either you're not doing it so we're gonna have to do it right like your body is 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 something quite interesting um I love what you said about intelligence doesn't go away no matter if you're injured, right? You still have that, unless it's obviously something having to do with the neuro neurology of your of your brain. But I mean, if, if you're intact, then most likely not. Um, and I like what you said about being patient with yourself. I think that is very, very important. Um, because as you mentioned with these examples that you were giving, gosh, like from going to, from going to like stellar, performance right like you mentioned and then sorry stellar performance and then from like now having to um do things differently i love that you say that i do things differently you're not putting yourself down you're still very positive and to be honest you're here you're still making it happen um but you know i asked you this like was there any shifts and like the people were, were like people like oh no you're not capable of um, was there something that people misunderstood about you during this time that maybe, uh, you know, w- was your position the same during this time? Did you have to like get demoted? I mean, how, like, how was that time or were you still able to maintain your same position, um, but just doing things differently? Like, were you able to still advocate for that? I'm curious to know. Yeah. So when my stroke happened, it was 12 weeks into this new position into a new department and so um they really they really didn't know who i was prior to that but the good thing is like there's a lot of people who still 
know who I am and knew who, you know, my, you know, my work ethic and those kinds of things, I already knew who I was at that time. But you also, you also have a, a different sense for the, the people that didn't know me, you know, before before the, the stroke happened. And so there was instances where, you know, um, you know, they would think like, okay, why why are you doing these this way? Like, why did you, you know, you know, miss this gap? Why did you make, you know, you know, miss this? And I'm just, you know, the things I tried to do right at the beginning, especially when I take on a new project, is, um, you know, really letting my manager know what's going on, so he could be um, supportive. And if you, you know, if, if I don't have that kind of support, then you know, I'll never be um, successful. And so, um, you know, I try not to really, especially at this point, really dwell too much on the past. Yeah. Um, because it just, you know, it just, you know, it just gives you, you know, anxiety, and makes you upset. Yeah, I'm um, sorry. I don't I mean to bring that up. I was just curious. Oh, no worries. Yeah. So one of the things I, you know, I really try to, you know, remind myself is that, um, you know, I'm still a valued employee. I'm still, you know. Overall, the, the knowledge has gone has not gone away. It just have to I have to do things a different way um, to show that you know I'm capable of doing it. So I mean, there's been some instances where I've heard that people think I you know I don't feel capable or something. I don't really listen to a whole lot of folks like that um, because you know I still know that I'm a I'm a person and I'm I'm not you know I'm valuable. Luckily, I didn't have to really be demoted or those kind of things I just had to make you know some changes luckily um the management I had at the time was able to make some adjustments to my work that way it wouldn't be too much happening especially when I first came back to work because it was really overwhelming um at that point so luckily he was able to shift some of my projects to other people that way I can focus on my recovery as well as trying to get back in the group some of the things I was doing before and why in life little by little I was able to you know do come you know tag on more things and was able to um you know manage everything but at the same time I still make sure that you know I'm listening to my body and I'm making sure I'm not working so much and so one of the things that you know I do is I once I log off of the computer that's it and so, um, you know, I sign off the computer. I don't turn on my company phone, and I don't even look at it until um, I go back to the office again. And so, because I have to make sure that, you know, the work-life balance is a work-life balance. And I don't think if you're sending emails at midnight, <laughs> it's not really a work-life balance. It's the most, that's only the only time that you can update something. So. Um, and so that's very important to make sure that, you know, when you are working, that you listen to your body. Um, there's no project that is more important to your, your life at the end of the day. And so um, if you have that support system, especially at the workplace, you'll be able to, um, you know, navigate to having a, you know, successful um, position and, and, you know, in a role because you you can do things differently that some of folks had didn't have this kind of injury wouldn't even be able to do and so i i kind of you know take that in my back back of my head is like you know you can't even do things that i you know this you know this way because you can't comprehend why you know i have to do it this way and so um it's you know it's a you know be able to do those kind of things and still be able to be successful is a blessing so um, that's kind of some of the things I try to, um, you know, give advice to folks. So. Love that. I love what you're saying. The ultimate key here that I'm hearing is the support system and also your balance between listening to your own self, what you can handle and having that support within this uh, journey of yours. You know, I wanted to ask you, what makes you feel inspired or like your best self? I think... Well, I know my, you know, my, my sister is, you know, has kind of always been my inspiration. So I always look to her, um, you know, when I have any advice and, you know, my parents are always, um, you know, um, I 
always a, a rock in regards to those things. But I think one of the things that I really am, am passionate about are some of the things that, you know, kind of we're doing in regards to diversity and inclusion because one really the pat the the DI work is very important, but specifically that that disability support is is so important because it's still there is a stigma there. Yes. Um in regards to, you know, like you said earlier, like um you don't look, you know, disabled or you don't know you don't look like you have a stroke. I was like like not all injuries are visible and so just because you you know you see people that are functioning because they look fine but they can have they can have a big you know a huge battle in their mind and so I think one of the things I try to do especially in this DNI space is making sure that people understand of the like the accommodations that are available to them um, and we really utilize them um, I know, um, you know, self-identification is, is, is key as well because, um, it's, you know, I want people to make sure that they know that, you know, you know, you know, if you have a disability, that doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. Um, and so, but it's very important that but when you go to the office, you want to bring, like you said, we want to, we want to bring our best selves to work and so. What I try to do um, is really, um, you know, you know, pray every day and just making sure that I have everything kind of organized before my work starts. Um, if I know, you know, if I have meetings between you know, projects, I make sure I have like a almost like a calendar. That way, I have kind of have like two hours for this. We know one one hour for that. Make sure I take breaks in between. Because that's been a tendency where I just kind of keep working, 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 and I don't even take a break. And so, um, so doing those little things, even you know, in regards to you know, organize your calendar and you know, create some kind of to do or some kind of task list. It helps when, especially if you have to have meetings on top of all your projects. And so, you want to make sure you prepare yourself to to make sure that the next day you will have a successful day because you got everything organized. But you also have some kind of cushion just in case there's something that comes up all of a sudden, which will always occur in, you know, in a corporate environment. So, um, so again, the, the main things I do, you know, to make sure that I break my best self is really, I think I said before, just be patient with myself. Um, you know, I'm still recovering. Um, you know, for, um, you know, what I've gone through. And, you know, for some folks, it takes a long time um, to recover something like this. And, um, you know, like I said, I'm still having issues writing. You know, it takes a while and I still have short-term memory. And so um, that's why it's very important to have, you know, kind of, you know, organization and, and, and those kind of things. And so, um, so you just kind of have to do things, you know, again, a certain way to get your job done. But um, if you can just, you know, be patient with yourself, you know, take care, you know, take care of yourself, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, um, and really make sure you have some kind of support system, whether it's, you know, another co-worker that you trust or family members. Um, that really helps, especially when you're, you're trying to, you know, do the best that you can what you have. Yeah, you said a lot there. I wanted to mention and highlight a little bit about the diversity, equity, and inclusion aspect that you're talking about. You know, my mom actually lives with lupus. She got diagnosed in 20, I believe 2006 or something like that. And I tell her, mom, you can have accommodations to work. And she's like, no, no, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, and literally right now she's bedridden. She, you know, was working really she's always worked really hard has put probably work before anything and um and she doesn't look like it to your point she does not look like she has lupus everyone thinks she's fine because yeah um, and she she lives with this pain and she i don't even know how she does it jennifer i really don't but she will live with this pain daily and it's pain but she still she pushes herself and you know 
I mean, I'm just telling you that there's nowadays, there's so many, since I started working with you on LinkedIn, I've gotten people looking at my profile and a lot of them are like champions of disabilities, uh, meaning that they're doing advocate work, they're speakers, um, you know, doing conferences, stuff that I would want to do, you know what I mean, that they're doing. So no, you're right. Like, as long as you have the will, you can still manage to create opportunities for yourself with whatever circumstance you're, you have. I think that's a really good one. As we're wrapping up, you know, you mentioned um, support. So make sure that our audience listeners, you have, you create a support system and you balance it with taking care of yourself physically, emotionally, and mentally, right? And spiritually, because you mentioned the prayer aspect. I think that's really important as well, whatever that looks on to you. And as we're wrapping up, Jennifer, I wanted to ask you one last question. Um, well, two. One is, what's the most important thing you've learned in your life? And as you're thinking about that, I wanted to ask you another thing. Like, what do you want to leave the listeners with that maybe we didn't talk about um, that you want to maybe motivate them or be, you know, inspire them uh, regarding this conversation? Um, yeah. So my first okay. question What's the most important thing you've learned in your life? I think it goes back to the, the, the point of being patient with myself. Um, you know, I, you know, there's been times where, you know, I thought, you know, I'm probably not going to make it. I'm, I'm not going to be able to continue to work, you know, and do the things I want to do. And so I think if I continue to have that mindset of, you know, being patient with myself and also, you know, putting in my own work because, you know, you know, when you have a struggle, you know, you have to, you, you have to put in the work in order to get yourself, you know, better. And so um, I need to make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm taking care of myself. I'm going, you know, doing my um, exercises, you know, with my hands and making sure I continue to write. Um, and then also really looking at some other, um, you know, ways of kind of, you know, developing and improving, you know, different skills. Like, for example, one thing that I uh, joined was Toastmasters because, um, you know, I wanted to be able to continue to, you know, present and present well. And so that was probably one of the things I lost when I had my stroke, but having, uh, having a group like Toastmasters really, really, you know, helped that. And so, um, so I think that's probably one of the things that I try to, um, you know, continue to keep myself going. Um, and I think really about, you know, I guess one of the things that um, if I can take anyway, you know, anything away from the audience is really, um, you know, you know, kind of, you know, forgive yourself for how you know for having a disability a disability because there's folks that was born one and you know ones uh, ones that you know had you know became disabled but it's very important that um when that occurs is that understand that that doesn't mean that you're weak or um you're not a failure or that you're a failure or you know you don't have any contributions to your life um at all but it's really for you to understand that you are enough. Um, you know, you are a strong person. You have value. You belong. You be. You are included. And just making sure that they understand that. Um, no matter what, you know, obstacles or you know, you know, frustration things that you have at the time, don't dwell on those things so much. Um, but just try to just move forward and and do better. And so, um, so it's kind of really probably kind of the best advice I could try to give to the audience, really. It's just, you know, um, you know, understand that, you know, you are enough and, and you belong and don't ever let anyone say otherwise. And so. I love that, Jennifer. Yeah. Thank you so much for that advice, those tips, that truth. You know, it's true. We all have a life. We are here for a reason. And we need to all learn how to accept each other for who we are um, 
and what they're capable of. And I just love your resilience. You know, you as you, you know, like you said, that fire inside of you is not going to go anywhere just because now you're living a different way. I love your mentality, Jennifer, truly. Like I am very incredibly inspired by you. Um, you are incredibly knowledgeable, wise, beautiful, inside and out, professional. I mean, the ultimate beautiful mentor. I, I feel like so blessed to have you in particular yeah. um, mentoring me today. And we are so lucky to have your voice be shared at the podcast because you're actually mentoring a lot of others, um, whether you may know it or not. You know, you will. I know you will. So to the audience, thank you so much for listening. Just know that you are enough. Keep getting and finding the support that you need and do what you need to do. You know, we all need to do what we need to do. Jennifer mentioned she needs to do her exercises. I need to do my exercises. I mean, moving our bodies is incredibly helpful. You don't necessarily have to um, have, uh, you know, uh, we just gotta move our bodies is my point. And so with that said, we hope you continue um, striving and progressing and learning and expanding and balancing your lives. Yeah, absolutely. Be the person, like, be yourself, not the disability. So be you, not the disability. Yeah. Ooh, I love it. Yes, let's be ourselves and let's get out of our comfort zones and or be comfortable being ourselves. How about that? And um, Even better. Even better, right? And we'll see you at the next one. Thank you.